What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. The sounds of the man voted the best singer of Australian history, John Farnham, <laughs> with uh, Neil Humphreys in our pop culture segment. I uh, love that song, You're the Voice from 1986, Neil. Mm. You lived in Australia. It means something to you as well, doesn't it? It does, because when I lived in Australia for five years, I kept going, ah, oh, he's an Aussie legend, mate, Johnny Farnham, Aussie legend. And I had to point out to them that he was born in the same town as me, <laughs> in Dagenham, in the UK. You're always, you're always trying to outdo me, aren't you? Well, you see, I shouldn't make a joke about this, but it's absolutely true. If you're really bored listeners you can check this on wikipedia someone said this to me there are as a list of prominent people from dagenham and because he's <laughs> f and i'm h i'm just below him john farnham oh, neil humphreys which oh. shows you how feeble the list is from dagenham but oh. yeah me and johnny farnham on the same list so he was dagenham born but made in australia yes oh, all right well let's get some perspective on uh, john farnham's career we are joined by brian frog harris from canberra australia he's the owner of Songland Records, a good friend of mine for many years. Brian, welcome to Weekend Mornings. Lovely to talk to you, Jason, Neil, and all of the listeners this morning. And that song is such a visual song. Even though you're there and I'm here in Canberra, Australia, I could actually see you with your arms waving from side to side with your cigarette lighters. It's an impressive view. Well, it's an amazing song, as you mentioned, Brian. I was looking up on YouTube yesterday and reading about this song. Do you know, Celine Dion, you'll probably know this, she was in Australia last month. She played a gig in Melbourne and she requested to have John Farnham come on stage with her and sing You're the Voice. Go on YouTube if you haven't seen it, listeners. It's extraordinary. And look, I'm not a big Celine Dion fan anyway, but John Farnham blows that woman (laughs) off the stage. (laughs) Have you seen it? Have you seen it, Brian? Yes, it's, uh, it was a very popular part of the show here. The interesting backstory to the, this song, and there's a few elements to it. I worked at the record company, RCA Records, when this record came out back in 1986. And a few people um, uh, might have picked up uh, part of the element of that song, that sort of drum machine kind of sound. When that song was taken to radio, and I had this situation myself... They initially said, oh, no, it's too much like, and you might remember this, Donna Summer's State of Independence. Yes, I remember. Mm. And they went, oh, no, we're not going to play that. It's too much like that song of Donna Summer's. But because of the, the legacy and the history of John Farnham and the fact that it was just a, a classic song waiting to be happened, it eventually took off. And uh, when it took off it ended up becoming part of the album Whispering Jack, which became the second best-selling album in Australia's history. Neil, you're um, a bit of a music fan. What do you think was the biggest-selling album in Australia's history? Well, you've caught me out there, Brian, because I did my research and I actually thought it was Whispering Jack. I saw that it sold about 1.4 million. That is the the biggest-selling Australian album, but the biggest... Oh, wait, uh, wait, I'll interrupt you. I think I know. I'll, I'll say ABBA, Gold. Very good guess, but wrong. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I can tell you that the bloke didn't come from Dagenham, but we're talking about that out of Helen Meatloaf, of course. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, uh... yeah, so that way. But we are going off on a tangent. We're talking about John Farnham and the legendary Whispering Jack and You're the Voice song. This album that it uh, ended up coming from was 24 times platinum and sold what's well, pretty close to 2 million units now. They actually re-released it 
on vinyl earlier this year for a, a thing called Record Store Day, which is the biggest day on the calendar for independent stores around the world. And they re-released this album on white vinyl, and it took off once again. And an amazing album. I know, Neil, that you're a, a big Beatles fan. Mm. And one of the other little backstories I was referring to was that for people that aren't aware, John Farnham had been around a huge star in Australia for around about 20-odd years beforehand, had a lot of hits, but then, like what happens with a lot of pop careers, they go off the boil, and no one wanted to know about Johnny Farnham, as you correctly identified him as, um, and he had a bit of a resurgence uh, a few years earlier in 1980 with his version of The Beatles' Help. Did you ever hear his version of that? I have, I have actually, yeah, because it was played a fair bit on Aussie radio when I was living there. I mean, I mean, it's quite good. Obviously, I've, I've got a soft spot for the original, but it's one of those weird things, isn't it? I like the original, but John Farnham is obviously a much better singer than John Lennon. There's no getting away from that. Yeah, That's a very good point, but the interesting thing is is that when John Lennon heard the song, because he did hear it uh, before he was sadly murdered, he actually said this was how the song should have been sung. Wow. So that was an amazing hats off from John Lennon to John Farnham's version of Help. But when you go forward about five or six years to the album, uh, when Whispering Jack eventually came out, it, it was a, another little interesting backstory that the manager of John, a bloke called Glenn Wheatley, who's a bit of a legend in Australia, he believed in the project so much, he actually mortgaged his home to raise the funds for the recording. But they had all of these songs ready to go and a lot of great songs, but two weeks before the album was due to be recorded, they received the demo tape of that song from London. And when everyone involved with the project heard You're the Voice, they knew they'd found a once-in-a-lifetime song. And if everyone listening who knows this song wants to win a, win a bet down at the pub, you can ask the question, what do the people from Ice House, Procol Harum, and Manfred Mann's Earth Band have in common? And the answer is, four of the people uh, from those bands were the writers of You're the Voice. Wow, I did not That's know that. That's an incredible extraordinary. stat. And there's actually uh, something newsworthy around John Farnham because uh, there's a terrible drought yes, in Tamworth. eastern Australia and he's going to be playing in a concert on the 27th of October. It's a concert for the farmers to take place in Tamworth, not far from where my dad was born in Inverell, uh, in that kind of uh, northwest part of New South Wales, you know, a few, uh, probably a 10-hour drive from Sydney. So that's coming up. But let's change gears now because, Brian, we want to talk about vinyl records. And you mentioned Whispering Jack and the vinyl uh, release of record, that. Record store day. Yep. Y- yeah, so let's, let's talk about vinyls because Neil is a big fan of vinyls. One of my biggest regrets is selling my vinyl collection in the early 90s. Uh, I think I was a bit short of cash and I wanted to go up to Byron Bay on the north coast of, uh, <laughs> of, of uh, New South Wales. Yes. So tell us about your store and about the the boom in uh, interest in vinyl records. This is an amazing story, and it's been ramping up. It's been occurring for around about 10 years now. When you hear positive stories about the music industry, and there are positive stories, they generally talk about the resurgence worldwide in the interest in vinyl. And I'm involved with Record Store Day, which, as I mentioned before, is the biggest day. It's bigger than Christmas around the world for independent stores. And the resurgent interest in vinyl is amazing. And I get asked a lot, and I know you're about to ask me right now, Brian, why is there a resurgent interest in vinyl? Yep, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I've, got, I've got a theory about this, and uh, everyone listening, have a bit of a think about this, actually. The, the people that are buying 
vinyl nowadays and not the older people it's generally people between about 18 and 45 years of age correct and because i've been doing this for around about 40 odd years and spoken to thousands and thousands of people about this i think i've got the answer and the people buying vinyl now were when they grew up part of the mp3 generation so they had an ipod or any other kind of mp3 player they had thousands of songs on there and when you have one of those items those gizmos you generally listen to music on random would that be right yep absolutely right and so what um, has happened is is that when the younger generation were introduced or reintroduced to listening to vinyl, obviously through parental or friends' influence, all of a sudden they had a completely different experience because, as we all know, when you put uh, the needle on the record at the start of the record, whether you're listening to Dark Side of the Moon, Thick as a Brick or Radiohead, whatever it is, you're listening to things in a different way because you can't hit random and you're actually going to listen to music the way the artist intended it. And so when they do that, and when they actually have the album cover in their hands with the wonderful artwork and the lyrics, they're listening to music like they've never listened to music before. Instead of listening to one song for 30 seconds on random and flicking to something else, you're actually having a completely different experience. What do you think of that theory? I think it's absolutely spot on, Brian. I really do. I mean, I've... The MP3 generation, the iTunes generation, it's almost like a jukebox thing, isn't it? When you used to go into a pub or a cafe, you play the jukebox, it's at random, you have no idea what song you're going to have. Yep. But this is the first time in that in the millennial generation where they can listen to the music how it was intended and shock horror when they listen to something like Sgt. Pepper, the way it was recorded, mm -hmm. or Dark Side of the Moon, or you know, go right down the list, Pink Floyd and so on. It sounds extraordinary. It's a story. It's a mini pop opera. And then there's a second layer to it. I think the millennial generation, they appreciate the artwork more now. There's an appreciation of holding something tactile, yep. something physical. I think this goes nicely in tandem with the fact, and I know a lot about this being an author, that in 2013, everyone was writing the obituary of the printed book. It was when e-books hit their zenith, hit their peak. Since 2013, there has been a, a plateauing of ebook figures, and year on year, physical books, almost in parallel with vinyl records, has seen a year on year increase in sales. You're uh, totally correct. That's exactly what's happening. And the other beautiful thing about it, and this is what's getting, once again, the younger generation listening to these, these albums because of exactly what you're talking about, is that when they listen to the albums, they're not just hearing the hit singles. They're hearing all mm. those other tracks that make up the experience. So as we all know, whether we're listening to Peppers or uh, whatever the album might be, it's those album tracks that really resonate with you as you get older. When you're listening to A Night at the Opera, um, you're not just listening to Bohemian Rhapsody. You're listening to I'm In Love With My Car and 39 and Seaside Rendezvous. And they're the songs that actually mean just as much, if not more, as you go through life. And so they're listening to these albums. They're getting a total experience. And, of course, they're listening to the ultimate in sound as well. And so they are going out and buying albums by the handful. We're talking about the resurgence of vinyl records. Uh, Brian Fogg Harris, the owner of Songland Records in Canberra, Many thanks for joining us on Weekend Mornings. And we're actually going to go out with uh, The Little River Band, another Australian group singing Reminiscing. And this was before John Farnham joined them as lead singer. And this actually was uh, the favourite song, apparently, of uh, John Lennon before he passed away in 1980. So I'd like to thank... As a matter of fact, yes, May Pang actually said, quote, oddly, with all of the fantastic music that John Lennon wrote, their song, May Pang's and, and John Lennon's song, 
their song was reminiscing, wow. a legendary song by a legendary band. Wow. Well, thank you very much for now to uh, Brian Harris and to Neil Humphreys. It's been our pop culture segment right here on Weekend Mornings.